Thanks for joining us today on the Fuel Growth Podcast. What is the right growth equation for your company? Is it pipeline? Brand? Product? Customers? Employees? Join us as we interview CEOs, entrepreneurs, and seasoned executives to explore what it takes to propel your business into growth. Welcome to the Fuel Growth Podcast, where we explore how to unlock the secrets to sustain revenue growth. Joining us today is Jordan Peace, entrepreneur, podcaster, founder, and CEO of Fringe, a lifestyle benefits company. Along with four close college friends, Jordan created Fringe as a way to turn corporate benefits into a language that anyone can speak. Jordan, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, Thank Jordan. you, Clint. Thank you, Lizzie. I'm uh, so happy to be here. This should be fun. I think so, too. So, Jordan, I, I want to first start with what what is Fringe? as a lifestyle benefits company, and why did you choose to create a business in this space? Yeah, um, well, those questions are correlated. We created uh, the company because no one knew what lifestyle benefits were because <laughs> they didn't exist. Um, so back in 2018, um, my friend Jason and I, who is also one of my co-founders now, uh, one of those close college friends that Clint mentioned, um, we were in financial planning, working our own our own fee-only RIA, working with a bunch of clients, talking to them about planning for their future and talking about their career. And some of them were business owners looking to provide benefits for their people. And when you do this stuff enough, you realize that there are kind of black holes of knowledge when it comes to finance for people. The stock market is one of them. Um, another one that you know is less obvious is benefits, kind of understanding what in the world how does my health insurance work? How does this life insurance, this disability, what, why is there different definitions of disability? Isn't there just one? Like that's really confusing. Um, and so honestly, we spent so much time teaching people about benefits that we came to understand two things. One, people don't understand their benefits. And two, because they don't understand them, they don't really appreciate them. Mm -hmm. At least not nearly to the level that they should compared to the cost that companies are paying for these benefits, right? A guy like me with a, a spouse and four kids, right? We're costing the company probably $1,200 a month for a traditional benefits, right? I should probably appreciate that. That's a serious chunk of change. And so Jason and I kind of developed this thesis of, hey, what if there were benefits that you didn't need to be sick or dead or disabled or 65 years old to benefit from your benefits, right? What if there were things that kind of spoke into your life right now Mm. That could be way lower cost and much higher perceived value from the employee. Well, Jordan, are there other companies like you or are you at Fringe defining a category? We have been, I'd say, co-creating a category with some competitors over the last few years, some of which uh, came before us and and have not made it. Um, and I can, I don't know if I want to bore you with why I theorize they didn't make it. It's, I think it's a business model problem. Okay. Um, and then there's some that have come after us that are continuing to build this category. And, and one thing that's really exciting for us right now is I'm hearing the phrase lifestyle benefits from people ah, that's outside awesome. of the phrase you created is now becoming an industry term. Yes, that's really you know? neat. Yes. Yeah. When, when Josh Burson's talking about it or when I'm on a on a partnership call with a big payroll company and they mention it, I'm like, yes, it, it worked. You know, this category has been created. Um, so now it's so now I feel like I've been describing this recently that, 
you know, it wasn't even a race. Like there, there was no racetrack. There were no horses. No one showed up to watch. It didn't exist. So we had to create the race and then get on the track and get some other horses with us. And now I think we're in this two, maybe three horse race to win a race that didn't exist three years ago. So Jordan, talking about the other horses, tell us how Fringe is different in your space. It's a lifestyle sure. company. Yeah, uh, you know, there's there's several ways to solve this issue. And let me maybe first describe what the issue is. So when we first began to address HR folks and say, hey, you're really just scoping the problem. We hadn't built anything yet. We just wanted to do some market research and understand, is this idea feasible? Are people looking for this? Are they maybe even creating it internally in some sort of manual paper way mm -hmm. because it's a desire? And we did find those things. Um, but we thought of three different ways to solve it when we identified the problem. And the problem is this, administrative headache of trying to contract with hundreds of different vendors so that you can give choice to your people. That's huge, right? And then the other piece, of, of course, is a demand for choice from your people, because as more and more millennials enter the workforce and the generation behind them, we grew up going to Starbucks, giving a 17 word description of the perfect drink. Right. We didn't just walk in and go, I'll take a vanilla cone. Right. We, it was I'll take a non fad coconut milk latte, extra hot, extra whip, you know, awesome. right now. Right? <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, you could go on and on. Right. Um, and, and so this idea that the marketplace has such customization and personalization and the workplace doesn't, that, that is something you see modernizing in the workplace, right? Um, and so we're, we wanted to be part of that, but there's a couple of different ways to do it. One, you can issue a debit card to all of the people in the organization and say, yeah. Hey, go out and buy what you like, or maybe you put some spin controls, which are not very robust yet. That technology is not very advanced quite yet because you can't go down to a SKU level. You can just go to like a merchant level on that. And just, you know, more or less, here's daddy's credit card. Go buy something nice, right? Mm -hmm. That That's the approach. We, we thought, okay, it's easy to stand up, right? You can give a lot of choice instantly, right? Two pluses. The downside is that people buy on marketplaces, right? People go to Amazon, mm -hmm. right? They like looking at options. They like reading reviews. They like seeing ratings and, and getting that social affirmation of this is the right thing to buy, right? Or it was recommended for me based on all of this data that you have about me as the consumer, right? Um, and we when we experience that with how we watch TV now, we don't flip through channels. We go to Netflix and it tells us what we're going to like and it's right. 99% of the time. Um, and so anyway, so so we we didn't go the card solution. The other solution is even even simpler, which is reimbursement, right? There's no card. You use your own money, right? And we just thought fundamentally reimbursement as a benefit is like your employees loaning the company money and then you paying them back, mm. which is really yes. what it is, right? Uh, and we just kind of thought that's not the best. I mean, you got to remember to turn in that expense report and, and yes. it don't score. That's not a great employee yeah. experience, would it be? It's not. No. It's not. So we know that's the dream that you're creating and, and that you're selling. How does Fringe live that within your own company for your employees, for your team? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that we've valued from the beginning is taking this idea of choice, right, which is very prevalent in the fringe marketplace, the fringe product, 
and applying that internally to our people, right? Which is a tricky thing to do, right? Because you really have to highly trust the people that you're hiring if you're going to give them a ton of freedom, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's what we do. And, and to be honest, we're, I'd say we're slow to hire and we're a little bit quick to fire. I, and I know that sounds a little negative, but if I get a sense that I can't trust people with the freedom of unlimited PTO, with the freedom of work where you want, work when you want, all of these freedoms, there are people that are mature enough that they'll overwork with, with given that you, and you got to, you got to, you got to slow them down, right? And go, Hey, whoa, we didn't give you freedom so that you could work yourself into the ground. right? Mm -hmm. We gave you freedom so that you could have a balance and you could make wise decisions. Right. But on the whole, the mature folks that we hire are doing a great job taking that PTO, coming back, getting to work, working a solid chunk of time, middle of the day, Maybe they cut out at three or four and they get back online from eight to nine because that's when the kids go to bed. We don't care. Right. right. We, they've got a job to do. They we if they're passionate, hardworking, they care about the job, they're getting it done. I don't care when they work, where they work, <laughs> what they're wearing. None of it. Um, and but not everybody can handle that. Right. So I, it just goes into the hiring process where you're looking not just for a skill set, but for a level of kind of maturity and uh, self-motivation that someone with very little oversight mm -hmm. can act like a business owner, more or less, That's and just do their thing. Great way of autonomous. putting it. Yeah. Acting as a business owner. It's a, an excellent way of wording it. Let's talk about how, how Fringe is doing, what growth has looked like for you over the past few years. Yeah. Um, well, the last two years have been awesome. So we've only existed since the very start of 2019. Mm -hmm. Um well, you know, as we talked about, there was no category, right? So we had to go out there and not only not only sell, hey, we're a startup, but trust us, we can be a good service provider for you, right? <clears throat> we also had to sell what the heck a lifestyle benefit was, right? And and because their mental model was, all right, well, if it's not a wellness benefit, you know, which it's very akin to, but it's not a wellness benefit, it's not a discount marketplace, it's not an EAP. What, wait, what is it? You know, and they're intrigued by these logos, right? It's like, oh, you guys, you guys do Spotify and like Kiwi Crate, and it's like that's cool, you know. Um, but what it, what do I do with it? How do I fund it? Like, just, just no idea. Mm -hmm. So it just felt like pushing a boulder up a hill, mm -hmm. you know, the whole time. And there's, there's five of us, thankfully. I never would have pushed it up the hill by myself. <laughs> but there's five founders shoving this thing up the hill. We ended up with, I don't know, maybe 15 customers that first year. You know, we were making maybe 200 grand or something in, in revenue by the end of the year, ARR wise. And, uh, it was, it in was your painful. first year though. In the first, first year, year yeah. 200,000 200, in revenue in your first year. That's, that's a good yeah. start. That's true. It's true. And there were five of us. So that helps, you know, um, and, and it wasn't a bad start, but it felt like we had done multi-million dollars worth of work, you know, <laughs> to get, to get there, you know? And, and so, you know, it, but then 2020, so 2020 was really interesting. It started off as we all know, scary. Um, and we had several things going on. There, there was a pandemic. That's just scary in and of itself. But then there was then there was this, we actually needed to raise money right around the time the pandemic started, right? Because <laughs> it was just like, okay, like, you know, we got to grow. We got, let's do this thing. Yep. Um, and, and we were also just exhausted from the previous year, right? And so I'm raising money. We, I was in San Francisco, March of 2020. 
right before all the flights shut down and all that stuff. I was probably lucky to get home, honestly. But we had all these investor calls planned and we, we get out there, we get to the hotel and the emails start coming in. Hey, uh, can we do this virtually? Like, hey, we're, we're not having people to our office right now. And I'm just like, well, wait, I just flew out to San Francisco from Virginia to have in-person meetings. And I had every last one of them in the hotel room on Zoom, oh. <laughs> a mile away from their office. Oh, so man. that's how 2020 started. <laughs> and uh, and our investors and advisors, uh, advisors, excuse me, were basically saying, hey, hunker down, save cash, don't hire, right. don't spend a bunch of marketing. And we ignored all of them. And we did the opposite. And we spent money yeah. on marketing. And we... And thank goodness we did, because that was actually the turning point where we got to the top of that hill and we were still pushing the boulder, but on flat ground, you know, all of a sudden it was like, oh man, this is a lot easier. And not because we necessarily felt like we had fully created the category, but people were looking for something new. The budget. Yeah. Time, timing out. must've been perfect for you because that was, was I'm, you know, even within my own company, uh, uh, on the leadership team, we we're, we we're trying to think of ways to keep keep our newly remote employees engaged yeah. and feeling part right. of the team and, and happy with the company. And, and we were all going through an existential crisis and it was the yes. of a great resignation. Right. And, and I got to think you had like the, you know, uh, um, serendipity there, I guess, in kind of an oddly, weirdly bad way, but right. you know, the right thing yeah. at the right time, right. We needed you, we right? your customers we needed you. Yeah, it was it was pretty neat, and so pretty quickly you you know you look on our website and it said lifestyle benefits for for a remote world. You know, like we, yeah. we were advertising specifically to that, and the inbound leads started coming in, and we started yeah. hearing from like name brand organizations that were much bigger and and much more notable than any customer we currently had, and and the and the tide just started to change for us. You know, mid twenty twenty. And it's been a great ride ever since. The The thing in 2021 that was so cool, it was what I mentioned earlier, is that we started hearing lifestyle benefits coming back at us and right. seeing it in articles. And, and we were like, oh my gosh, the category is created. And that that was like the greatest moment. I'm you know, sure, to kind of yes. Realize that. Um, so this this year, you know, is, just, is kind of more of the same. We're building big partnerships out. We're you know, the, the inbound interest is, is climbing and climbing and it's, it, it's been great. And thankfully we've seen no, no signs of the economy affecting us yet. And in, in just in terms of what's going on, uh, we'll see, you know, and nobody's immune, um, obviously, but you know, we're just, we're in a great mm -hmm. spot. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about putting that growth capital to work for a minute, if you don't mind. Yeah. Right. So you, you rate, how much did you raise during, during zoom time? uh during zoom time yeah we raised a couple million at the beginning of that and then we raised like three just over three last fall okay so yeah. you raised yeah. five billion then uh yeah and yeah. and there's always you know all the challenges that come with suddenly having a very full bank account uh i i remember yeah. i remember the day that the money hit our bank account when we raised yeah. our first two million we all went to the local electronics store and filled up three shopping carts just because it was a fun thing to do. <laughs> that is fun. There's, you know, computers and printers and, you know, all that crazy stuff. But but right. what, what did you guys do with your mm. five million? Right. You know, typically a SaaS startup is going to use that those those first waves of investment capital to probably accelerate the product roadmap and, and get the marketing yeah. word out there. Is is that what you did or, or what's your yeah. what's been your approach? 
Um, you know, it's funny. We we probably underdone it significantly on the marketing. Um, and and one of the one of the reasons why is big in that because I'm a big believer, you know, in spending money there. One of the reasons why is we invested so much in our people right away mm-hmm. that and they started speaking out about fringe on LinkedIn and other mm-hmm. social networks and really made a name for us as an employer, which in right. some ways simultaneously makes a name for you as, you know, as well, especially a, for the market you're going after, right? You're, you're, right, you're going exactly. after HR departments and, yeah. and then suddenly yeah. your own team is singing your praises as an employer. It certainly works. Totally. So I, you know, after we had our thousand dollar dinner, you know, we, uh, we got to work, you know, uh, hiring folks, you know, I mean, I, I won't lie. We had, we had a really nice dinner that night. Oh, I, I, um, I hear you. <laughs> you have to celebrate. You, you got to take, celebrate. Those, you gotta take right. those moments and celebrate them because there's really nothing but hard work ahead of you. Yeah. You know, but I mean, we were operating for a long time with seven people, you know, and it was seven people doing 200 jobs, you know, and we were like, we can't hire all, you know, 193 that we're missing right now, but, but we can go out and get another 30, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we hired 25, 30 people after that first raise, um, and, you know, really just started ramping up everything from marketing to sales, to the product team. I think product was probably where we were weakest at that early point. We had one founder that knew what they were doing. The rest of us, not so much on the product building side. We've got ideas and concepts, but we can't sit there and code the thing. Um, and so we really had to invest in engineers and product folks to come in that were really, truly experts and knew what they were doing and fit the culture and had the the startup bug, mm-hmm. right? That they could take the, I don't know, the, the ebbs and flows of like, hey, guys, we're going this way. Oh, wait, stop. No, we're going. No, we're making this turn. Actually, quick left, and then we'll go back, right? Because you, you just sort of, you know, when you're in a small boat, right, the waves just kind of toss you around quite a bit. Um, and so it was it was hiring in all those sectors. And then, you know, we raised again, and now we're, now we're up to like 62 people in the company. Um, so we went from seven to 62? We, we went from seven to about 35, 35. and then there was... Yeah, six month ish gap, and then we we jumped up. That's to hard go. to hire a lot of people that quickly. Any it lessons is. learned in there? Uh yeah, yeah, um, definitely. I'd say don't um, don't justify that someone might be a good culture fit just because you like the resume a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we we did that twice, and both people didn't last two months. Uh, <laughs> and I knew it, and I felt it when I was saying yes that I was just like, huh. I don't know about this one, but the resume was there and, you know, the technical skills and it just kind of looked right, you know, on paper, but it didn't feel right. Um, And I I, kind of should have listened to the feelings a little bit more. Um, Intuition's important. It is. You know, one of my very first hires uh, when I started Sugar Serum was a 17 year old kid who had (laughs) literally just graduated high school two months before. And, and he, uh, he didn't have a resume, right? In fact, he came to the interview and, and there was creases in his button down shirt because he had clearly just pulled the shirt out of the, (laughs) out of the, the, the package and put it on. And and he was with us for 12 years, uh, went on to be a director. He's gone on to other companies. He, his company got bought by, by, uh, by Microsoft and he's, he's worth a ton of money and he's hugely successful in his career. 
and he never went to college and he right. and he was just this this kind of goofy kid at age 17 yeah. when I hired him. So, and, and, yeah. and it was a gut instinct and it worked out well. So That's I, awesome. I, I like, I like your comment there. Yeah. I mean, you just can't rely on resumes. In fact, what I started doing is actually would do the interview first and then look at the resume. Uh, I wanted to get a sense of the person, you know, before I prejudged based off of what they, you know, say they've accomplished in the past. And, and that's, that's actually worked out much better for me. Nice. What about the mechanics of actually finding all those people so quickly? Did you go out to a recruiting firm or did you lean on your own network or a little bit of both? We actually were 100%. Um, we we focused on our own network and kind of LinkedIn post and kind of advertising ourselves. We didn't, we didn't go to, with a recruiting firm. We certainly will um, as we scale. Or, and, well, we'll probably just bring in recruiters at, at this point. But um, yeah, we... You know, I, I think it's one of the things that, well, you've been on my podcast, so you know, is, is brag worthy culture, right? So I, I'm bragging here, but like one of the things that we've done really well is just create a culture where people want to recruit their friends. You know, they want to tell other people like you want to work here, like get in here with me. And that doesn't always work because they don't have the right skills and we're not hiring for the right position at the right time or whatever. But we've actually had a relatively easy time recruiting because everybody wants to bring in the folks that they know or they used to work with or whatever. Um, and, and, and we didn't, you know, I wouldn't say we built the culture for that purpose, but, you know, necessarily, but that is a nice uh, benefit to having a culture that people are proud of and that they want to recruit to. Yeah. Broadening um, your pool so of candidates, right? Yeah. Big time, big time. And they, and they come in and they're, they're already leaning in, you know, and they, they know something about friends. They're not just like, well, Here's a job. The salary looks right. The title looks right. I'll, I'll apply. They're applying because of what they've heard about what it feels like to work here. Mm -hmm. Right. So they're coming in and you just get much better of a read with those folks, you know, um, in terms of what are they really looking for experientially? Yeah. So let me see if I got this right. Five college friends start a company just before a pandemic hits. Hmm. hit the ground running, don't lean back, but lean in and, and grow, 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 finding that your story is matching the, the issues of the time. You raise $4 million in venture, $5 million in venture capital. You go from seven to 65 people. Mm -hmm. This is all like within two, two and a half, three years, right? Three years, yeah. Mm -hmm. Three years. So that, that's an amazing story. And, and how's that translated to revenue growth? 2020, we, um, it was a 5X from 2019. And then uh, 2021 was 4X from there. And we're already 50% up from that number in 2022. So uh, we, we had hoped to 3X this year, but I, you know, we're on pace to do better than that. Uh, and that was really our goal, you know, that, that whole like unicorn glide path that you're supposed to triple, triple, double, 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 double. Um, yeah. And, you know, we're a little ahead of that. Of course, it took us a minute to get to that first million, you know, um, sure. because, well, several reasons, you know, but, you know, one was we're in Richmond, Virginia, not San Francisco, California. So there aren't, there aren't just people with their checkbooks open. Like, you got an idea? Here you go. Right. Like, it's tough. Um, and, and not that it's that easy. I'm, I'm exaggerating, but. Um, you know, you know, and then the other thing is building a marketplace takes a long time. 
you know, it's, it's, a, it's a tough business to build. Once you get it built, it's got this flywheel effect and they, all these network of effects of more users equals better deals and better deals equals better users and happier customers and the whole thing's great. But getting it going is, is a, a long haul for sure. Well, um, that leads me to my next question. Top three mistakes. Ooh. What 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 would you have done differently now that you can look backwards with that 2020 hindsight? Man, um, it's a really good question. I probably would have. Um, so so my natural inclination, I, I was in sales, um, and I think like a marketer. I think it's just how I'm built, right? So sales, branding, marketing captures my attention. And I think it probably captured too much, a little bit too much of our money and our attention and our time in the first year. You know, mm -hmm. I think we, we should have it doubled at least our focus on the product in the first year because, and I have to credit my co-founder, Andrew, for this. He, he bailed us out. I mean, he, he took us from a product that could not scale whatsoever, you know, and quickly built a, a version one and we're, we're off on another version now, but a version one that just saved us, you know, and he wouldn't have had to do that if, you know, I would have, and the rest of us would have spent more at time and effort and energy and money focused on the problem. So tell us as we wrap up here, Jordan, how, how do people find you? How do people learn more about Fringe and, and Jordan Peace? Yeah, I mean, in terms of Fringe, you know, I, I'd, I'd say book some time, you know, book book a demo, book some time, go to our website, fringe.us, um, book some time and check it out. No, not a high pressure situation, you know. Um, there's, there's also videos you can download if you don't want to speak to a person uh, directly, but Check it out. Make sure you really do understand what we're talking about when we say lifestyle benefits. It is a new category, um, and so I always just ask, "Hey, don't don't put us in a in a, in a box. You know, learn learn what it is first. Uh, and then in terms of me, you know, I you know I'm I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. That's probably the best place to find me in terms of social. Um, you'll get a response there probably just as fast or better than email. Um, and then you know, of course, and and Clint's been my guest. Um, but it, I have a podcast as well called Bragworthy Culture. And, you know, so you could listen to more of these types of topics and, and talking about just great cultures that folks are building. Um, but yeah, that, that's Excellent. more or less what I would offer. Well, thank you so much, yeah. Jordan. This has been really fun. Yeah. Thank you, Lizzie. Thank you, Clint. <laughs> <laughs>